Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we are talking to Roy Levy from Core Business Brokers about a topic that's always very popular market trends. Roy is a corporate advisor specialing in business divestments, mergers and acquisitions in the SME and mid-tier markets across Australia and New Zealand. And in this episode, I discuss with Roy the state of the market at the moment, in particular, looking at where the opportunities are. We also discuss a few best practice tips in selling and buying a business based on these recent market trends. So here we go with our discussion with Roy. So Roy, welcome onto the Deal Room Podcast. It's so good to have you on the show. Thanks, Jane. Lovely to be here. It's been a long time with COVID lockdowns. Well, exactly, exactly, exactly. And I am super excited to have you here because I just you, you have so much knowledge from all of that long history um, that you have in the broking industry. So there's just so many things um, that I really want to dive into together. And, of course, today um, we're talking about market trends. Um, and I, th- I think that's so important because everyone wants to know, is, the right t- is, is today the right time to sell their business? Is the right time today to buy a business? And where are the trends in the market? What's hot and what's not? So... What are you seeing in the market right now, Roy? Um, well, since COVID, there's there's certainly been a, a change that we've seen. You know, um, last year that was very difficult. Everyone had this great uncertainty: what to do, when to do it, and basically everyone just stood back and did nothing. Now, what we're seeing since since about February, we're finding um, that the small business, where what we call buy yourself a wage type business you know, making profits anywhere from a hundred to three hundred thousand has become very difficult. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is there's been no immigration. So those immigrants who immigrate with a business visa needing to buy a business, there's been none of that happening over the last two to three years. Um, second of all, those small businesses where there's a dependence on labor uh, buyers are very worried that there's a shortage of labour. Um, I've had an incident in a ma- in a main- maintenance business that we were trying to sell, and someone in the industry said, "I'll buy the business provided there's contracted staff that will come across. I need the staff, not so much the business." And of course, the owners were 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 doing the work and they were leaving, so that didn't work work out too well. So. In the hospitality side of things, it's very uncertain because a lot of businesses have returned to pre-COVID uh, trends or, or, or you know turnover, but a lot have not because foot traffic, for example, in the city is still down very, very badly. So those cafes have not bounced back to pre-COVID levels. And there's a lot of uncertainty still and a lot of fear. And I think the last uh, answer to that question in the small side is – that there is full employment, as we know. So 
staff who are on a good job and earning good money, there's no need to go and take the risk of buying their own business because they don't need to right now. So so the small end has is, is been quite tough, quite frankly, and, and remains tough. Where we're finding big demand is in the, in the next stage up. In other words, those um, businesses um, traditionally unsexy, solid, uh, not too exciting, engineering-type businesses, manufacturing, making a huge comeback, with, a, with an EBIT and earnings uh, number of, let's say, 500000 to a $1 million, we're seeing a big spike in demand for those solid businesses. And there's, uh, not, there's not that many quality businesses around, so prices are relatively high. And uh, those vendors who've been around a long time and who've now said it's time to retire because I've lost two years of traveling at this stage of my life, um, they're coming to the party now, they're looking to sell, and we're finding big demand in those type of businesses, which is good for us. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's fascinating hearing you talk because I am seeing exactly the same things, which, I, you know, I guess <laughs> I guess that makes sense. But um, we, I mean, we're dealing with quite a few engineering businesses right now who are right in the middle of um, deals in, in the 500 to a million EBIT that you're talking about. Um, and, 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 you know, and they seem good, solid businesses. And I think that the thing right at the moment in the market is the appetite seems to be for um, for for the businesses that have that solid history and and that have predictability stability into the future, um, even more so than any bef- any time before that I've seen. That's a, you know that's what we're seeing. Certainly, hospitality, travel, um, all of those types of industries that have been hugely impacted um, by the pandemic. Um, for obvious reasons, you, you know, um, I, I think you're absolutely right. We're not seeing much in the business sale market. And, in fact, earlier on I was seeing a bit of distress sale in that area. I'm not even seeing that at the moment, which is interesting. I'm just seeing very little movement at all. Is that what you're seeing as well in that area? Absolutely. The, the, largely those businesses uh, traded right through the, the COVID uh, because, you know, they weren't forced to close down other than possibly a few weeks. So their figures didn't uh, didn't deteriorate very very much at all, and in fact, some of them even did did even better. That's another challenge these days. One, one a buyer is always asking the question: Were you affected during COVID? Were you uh, affected positively or negatively? So we need to look at normalizing the figures of the business to say what is going to be the sustainable profits into the future rather than looking through the history and understanding what happened and why. I was just going to agree with you because that's absolutely the thing when, when we're dealing with businesses that have had a lot of volatility in these past couple of years. I think the problem has been going to market, um, getting uh, getting comfort from a buyer as to what the future actually looks like for that business is is really hard at the moment. And of course, so that's why we're seeing, you know, deal structuring moving a lot more to earnouts um, and contingent payments based on performance of the business post completion. Um, you, you know, that absolutely that's a strong element in the market right now. But but that makes sense. You know, there and I think in 
many instances that's better for the sellers as well because where a buyer's not comfortable, then at least they be able they're able to share in the downside and upside risk of future performance. Spot on. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay, so what does this mean for our buyers and sellers then? So, so you know, and, and what is your, uh, when you're going to talk to businesses who are looking to move to a sale at the moment, do you have different things that you're talking, that you're saying depending on the market that they're in and the size of buyer that they potentially are looking for? Absolutely. So we, we need, when we go and talk to uh, uh, potential sellers, the first thing we need to do is understand a, a little bit of the history of the business and understand the financials of the business and the trends as we've seen over the last couple of years and especially during COVID and then ask them the question, are you, are you comfortable in presenting these figures or an adjustment to a buyer as what they call maintainable future earnings? Because that's the figure we need to base evaluation of the business together with other factors, the SWOT analysis of that business and the industry, the asset base, working capital requirements for certain industries is very critical. Um, so basically that's what, and another important uh, factor is no buyer likes to buy a business and then have static performance, even though if the performance has been good, they want to see or want to understand that they can grow the business. So, so that's the question we asked to a vendor. If you were 15 years younger, how would you take this business to the next step? And that we need to introduce to a buyer and provided it's feasible, um, that, you know, that could excite them because they will have the energy to do that once they're comfortable with the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, do you feel like you're having to turn, you, you know, a, a, a sellers more disappointed now than they had been in the pre-COVID days in terms of um, their their the value that, you think they're able to get out of the business compared to the value that they thought that they'd be able to extract? There's a bit of a mixed bag. Sometimes a seller would have gone and got some opinions from uh, his advisors, uh, good friends in terms of value, and their opinion is often unrealistic in terms of what's going on in the market right now. When we give them our opinion, which is an honest one, and we give them the reasons for that, then, you know, if their answer is, well, uh, X or Y told me that it should be a higher value, typically our answer will be, when is the last time X or Y sold the business? We're out there talking to buyers, talking to sellers every day uh, of the week, understanding what's the trend in the market, what's going on, and we give an honest opinion um, once we understand the business and the nature of that business in terms of what we believe the value will be. A good solid business today is getting a, a, a good price and as much as if not higher in some instances than pre-COVID for certain types of, of, of solid uh, solid old-fashioned businesses that, that just chug, chug along year in, year out, uh, uh, shooting up, shooting out the profits. So um, we encourage the buyers, we give them an honest opinion and, uh, you know, if one markets the business well and creates a, um, some options for the seller in terms of qualified buyers, that's where you get real good value out of the business because uh, ultimately the market will determine what the value is. But the more qualified buyers you have chasing the one business, that will 
ensure a, a really good price. And it, obviously we've been talking about, um, we've been referencing to the most recent history um, and impact of the pandemic. There's been another large global um consideration at the moment with the war in Ukraine. We've had a couple of deals that have had a bit of wobbles, um, you, you know, arising from uncertainty in global markets. Um, and, and I think, you know, it, it's interesting to think about these um, macro issues and the impact on us here in Australia. It impacts some industries, doesn't impact others. But, but I, I guess it's just something to bear in mind um, for sellers in terms of ascertaining the best time for the sale of their business and the impact of both domestic and international um, issues that might be at play that might impact the pool of buyers or the pool of buyers' ready availability of funds at that particular point or appetite at that particular point while we have a bit of instability. But we have a number of industries, like, for example, we work in many with many professional services businesses, recruiting, accounting, many other professional services businesses, um, and even the health space, uh, medical, dental, veterinary, finding those industries, generally speaking, um, uh, are still moving on through as though we're, we're still sort of business as usual, which is nice to see. <laughs> um, uh, any comment from you on sort of that, uh, the international impacts uh, or impact of international issues? To be honest, uh, we haven't seen that at all. Um, the only impact from outsides or world sources is um, where are interest rates going to end? They are going higher. They will go higher. So that will really affect the funding uh, requirements and ability to repay any loans should a buyer need the loan to buy their business. And that's what they would need to take into account. And no doubt the financial institution lending the money will make want to do due diligence in two ways. A, the business being acquired to make sure it has the positive cash flow to be able to, re, to service that loan, the capital and interest. And secondly, of course, the, the buyer themselves would need to have um, a, a financial capacity and, and security to be able to secure that loan. But that's, uh, at this point in time, um, even with the Ukraine situation, that's the only real impact we're seeing uh, um, with our buyers and sellers at this point in time, luckily. So, yeah, you're right, it's business as usual. And in the bigger space, the mid-tier space, where businesses are being sold for, let's say, $4 million to $100 million, um, there's a strong appetite for good businesses that particularly that can be bolted on to an existing business uh, and typically they will pay even higher higher prices provided there's good management instruction in place. So, yep, we, we, we're not seeing that impact at all at this point in time. Yeah. And just one other thing that I wanted to pick up on that you talked about earlier, um, the, the importance or, or the stress that can be caused by a tight very tight labour market at the moment, and then you, you know the uh, the possibility that staff could be a really big value element at the moment in acquisitions, and you, you know the the data at the moment seems to be suggesting that we're headed for a um, a far tighter labour market moving into the future. You know this is this is set to be something that is not a passing trend. And from that perspective, then I guess the one the one thing to leave our listeners with is 
you know, if you're thinking of preparing a business for market into the future, I think employee attraction and retention is has got to be a fundamental part of your strategy to underpin the maximization of your value at sale because that's what buyers are going to be wanting more and more of into the future as the value of part of that acquisition. Is that um, Does that accord with your thinking, Roy? Absolutely. And it's always a critical issue that a buyer says, um, you know, if the vendor, uh, especially in the smallest smaller size businesses, the, the owner of the business, the vendor, has really been making all the decisions uh, and doing the, the strategic work. The buyer would need to come in and get trained in that in that area and the vendor you can contract as you as you appreciate uh, with a vendor legally to make sure that that handover and assistance takes place but it's difficult to contract with an employee because ultimately if an employee clashes with a new owner they can leave and there's nothing they can do about it so uh, it is important uh, for the vendors who want to sell their business to have their organizational structure in place with good staff in place and to be transparent to their staff uh, regarding the, the, the sale of the business. I always say to a buyer, why would the staff leave? Because they would then have to go and find another job, which is uncertain. They would stay with you and and unless you treated them badly, there should be no risk. But it's something very important that's got to be pursued by a buyer. Look, absolutely. We are seeing quite a few deals at the moment where we have earnouts also linked back to being uh, contingent on certain key staff continuing into the business. Obviously, you know, quite often the key staff are the the um, management staff or the owners who are who are the selling entities. But this is also quite often nowadays bringing in other key management staff of the business that don't have equity, which is an interesting, you know, it's interesting and it's it's certainly cautionary from a seller perspective to make sure you've thought about how you're going to really motivate those staff to stay on, stay on to build the business up for sale, but stay on post-sale as well. Correct. Absolutely correct. If there are any key employees in that business who are capable and wish to be part of the new team going forward with the shareholding and, as we say, skin in the game, that would be very attractive to an incoming buyer. Uh, Of course, that opens up a whole different aspect of negotiations with a shareholders agreement, which is probably as important as the contract of sale for the business. <laughs> well, that's absolutely right, because that's often forgotten about or, or put last. Um, uh, but the shareholders agreement is super important in terms of preserving those rights for the future. But Roy, I've just got to say, this is, you know, this is where I just love your, um, your ingenious thinking, because I think you've got some examples that we're going to talk about in a future episode um, of some some nifty and creative deals that you've managed to stitch together to make sure deals happen. And, um, you know, I, I just, I think when you're talking there about employees, you know, perhaps from a buyer's perspective, it might be a good idea to sort of position them as potential owners into the future. I think it just um, alludes to some of the creative options that um, you're often thinking about for your buyers and sellers. Correct. Absolutely correct. Which is clever, very clever, and I can't wait. We've got an episode coming up with you, Roy, where we're going to talk all about the um, creative deal structures that you've been putting in place. Excellent. Look forward to it. 
Wonderful. Well, if our listeners want to get in contact with you, Roy, how do they go about doing that? The easiest way is uh, check our website. It's www.corebb.com.au or email us at sales at corebb.com.au or give us a call on the website is our number give us a call anytime and we'll link through all to to all of those uh links and and website and your phone number and all of those sorts of things in our show notes so if you're running along a beach right now and you weren't able to jot down Roy's details um have no fear you'll be able to access it from the show notes Roy I just wanted to say a huge thank you for coming on to the deal room podcast thank you for having me a bit of pleasure thank you Well, that's it for this episode of the Deal Room Podcast, where, of course, Roy and I discussed the most recent market trends. Now, if you'd like more information about this topic or to connect with Roy Levy at Core Business Brokers, then just head over to our website at www.thedealroompodcast.com, where you'll be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode. If you'd like to read it in more detail, you'll be able to connect straight through to Roy Levy at Core Business Brokers, or you'll also be able to book in a call with our legal eagles at Aspect Legal if you would like to have a free discussion about how we may be able to assist from a legal perspective in buying or selling a business. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the Deal Room Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player to get notifications straight through to your phone whenever a new episode is out. Thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 